Welcome back to 1001 Stories from the Old West. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Today, two stories from the old radio show, Tales of the Texas Rangers. Hope you enjoy them. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Cold Blood. on the night of April 22nd, 1935. In a shack in a poor section of Lundy, an East Texas town, a young widow feeds her baby. As the room grows dark, she gets up and crosses to an oil lamp on the table. Now you hush, honey. Don't you be crying. We'll have us a nice bright light in just a minute. There. You see, honey? I told you I'd get rid of the shadow. Who's there? It's Eli, Nelly. Open up, quick. Eli? What you doing off the farm on a weeknight? Don't stand talking, Nelly. Let me in. Lock it. Lock the door. Eli, you're hurt. You got yourself in trouble, ain't you? Let me sit down. I got a wrist. A wrist. Nelly, put out the light. All right, Eli. What kind of trouble you in? I run all the way from the farm. All the way. I'm your sister, Eli. I got a right to know what kind of trouble. Nelly, I'm scared, Nelly. I'm scared bad. Oh, honey, don't. You sit right there. I'm going to get some water. I'll wash the blood off your face. Don't light the lamp. Don't you worry. There's some light from the street. I see pretty good in the dark anyhow. Hush, baby. I'm busy now. And this will hurt some, Eli. There. <laughs> You're a good sister, Nelly. She always was a good sister. Oh, still. You going to tell me about it? Miss Dean, she's dead. Miss Dean? Mr. Dean say I kill her. He come down to my shack, say Miss Dean dead and I kill her. Say my coat was in the room where she's dead. He beat me, Nelly. You fight him? No. He's all right. I tripped him. He fell on the floor and I run away. All the way from the farm I run. Eli, you ought to go to the shack. I can't. You know that. I go in the town. I know. I gotta hide. I gotta hide fast. What good that gonna do? They'll get you. They'll get you sure. I got to hide. A few days they don't find me, maybe I can get out of the state. Then they'll never find oh, me. Oh, they'll find you. Where are you figuring on hiding? You know that old shack in the swamp? Place we used to play when we was kids? It ain't good enough. They'll find you, sure. But you're right. You gotta hide, and you gotta have food. Nelly. Uh-huh? There's something you ain't asked me yet. Now, look, here's a loaf of bread and some smoked meat. It ain't much, but it'll keep you going, Spell. Nelly, you ain't asked me if I did kill Miss Dean. I don't have to ask, Eli. You're my brother, and that's all I need to know. You're a good sister. If you're gonna hide, you better get out of here. Yeah, they'll be here looking for more. Let them come. They ain't going to hear nothing from me. You be careful, Eli. You be awful careful. I will. Maybe when I get away, I can write you. Let you know where I am. You don't write me nothing. You hear nothing. Let me look out first. 
Go ahead now. So long. So long. Honey. God bless. Sheriff was notified by Ralph Dean, a farmer, that his wife had been murdered. He hurried to the scene of the crime and then requested assistance from the Texas Rangers. Shortly past 10 p.m., Rangers Jace Pearson and Clay Morgan arrived at the Dean farmhouse. The sheriff met them at their car. Howdy, Sheriff. Howdy, boy. Howdy. Body's in the bedroom. I left everything just like it was. Her husband's still around? Yeah. He was going to take off, but I figured you'd want to talk to him. He's waiting in the front room now. Come on. Where'd he want to take off for? Hey, you know how he is, Jace. Dean says it was his hired hand killed his wife. He's boiling mad. He wants to go out looking for the boy himself. What's the hired hand's name? Eli Wilbur. Been with Dean near five years. We haven't been able to locate him since the murder. Uh, Ralph? Uh, Ralph, this is Ranger Pearson and Ranger Morgan. I do, Mr. Dean. Sorry to hear about your wife. Yeah. Glad you're here, Rangers. Maybe you can talk some sense into the sheriff. Now, you look here, Ralph. You look here, Sheriff. I told you when I called you, Eli Wilbur killed my wife. What are you waiting for? Why ain't you got a posse out tracking him down? Because I'm handling this my own way, Ralph. Your way. Maybe pamming around like this. Why, he's probably miles away by now. He's got to be killed, I tell you. Just the way he killed my wife. If he's guilty, we'll get him. You'll get him. I'm telling you one thing, Sheriff. If that boy ain't taken care of, I'm going to see to it. You ain't elected again. Listen here, Ralph. Dean, I ain't taking threats from you nor nobody else. Why, Just you... a minute, both of you. Sheriff, take Clay into the bedroom where he can have a look at the body. I want to ask Mr. Dean a few questions. All right, Jace. Yeah, right through here, Clay. Yeah. What makes you think Eli killed your wife, Mr. Dean? Think? I know. His coat's in there, isn't it? Ripped in half, pieces still in Ethel's hand. She she must... Ethel, she's dead. She's dead, Ranger. What time did you find your wife's body? Oh, about six. When I come in from the fields and went out pulling stumps till then. Wasn't Eli with you? No. He played sick today. Well, I'd only know when I... Did Eli come into the house often? Of course not. Only when I called him. Thanks, Mr. Dean. That'll be all for now. You're going to get the sheriff to organize that posse? That won't be necessary. Well, then I'm going to organize one of my own. I've got these friends here. That boy ain't going to get away with this. We're going to catch him and... You let us handle this. We'll get the person who killed your wife. All right, Ranger. There's no law again as taking a little trip into the swamps to hunt gators, is there? Take my advice, Mr. Dean. Don't interfere with the law. Jace. Must have put up quite a fight from the look of the room. Uh-huh. These bruises on her neck are pretty bad. The man who put them there must have had strong fingers. Yeah, I've had a good look around. Aside from that coat she's holding, there's not much in the way of evidence. The coat belongs to Boyle, all right. I'd say it looks mighty bad for him. He can't get far away. We'll put out a bulletin on him. If he's gone into those swamps, all the bulletins in the world ain't gonna do no good. Has he got any relatives in town? A sister, Nellie Johnson. My deputy was there early this evening. She wouldn't tell him nothing. Don't believe you'll get much information from her. We'll try our luck anyhow. Come on, Clay. Yes. You Nellie Johnson? Yes. We'd like to talk to you. Oh, come in, sir. You too, sir. 
We're looking for your brother, Nellie. Can you tell us where he is? He didn't do it, Mr. Ranger. I know he I didn't kill Miss Dean. How did you know Mrs. Dean was killed, Nellie? That gentleman who worked for the sheriff. He come here early tonight looking for Eli. Say Miss Dean was dead. I, I told him Eli didn't do it. Maybe he didn't. But he shouldn't have run away. If he run away, it's only because he's scared. Have you seen Eli tonight? No, sir. I ain't seen him for a full week. He stay out to Miss Dean's farm. Do you have any idea where he might be hiding? Oh, no, sir. Can't say as I do. Nellie, if Eli killed Mrs. Dean, we're going to catch him. He'll be punished for what he did. But if he's innocent, we're going to protect him. You understand that, don't you? Yes, sir. Then you know we have to find him. We can't help him if we don't. Mr. Ranger, you've got to believe what I say. I don't know where Eli is. I, I just don't know. You're sure he wasn't here earlier this evening? Oh, yes, sir. I'm real sure. Nellie, these two spots here by the table leg, you know what they are? I... No, sir. I, I don't know. They're fresh bloodstains, Nellie. You want to tell us how they got there? Well, sir... Oh, yes, sir. I remember now when I was fixing supper. I, I cut my finger. Where'd you cut your finger? Show us. I... Oh, Mr. Ranger, please. If you didn't cut your finger, somebody else must have left those blood spots. He was here tonight, wasn't he, Nellie? Eli was here. Mr. Ranger. Why don't you tell us what you know? It'll be better all the way around. I don't want him to get hurt. My baby brother, I know he didn't do nothing. I don't want him to get hurt. He won't get hurt, Nellie. We can promise you that. He was here, wasn't he? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He was here. When? About 7.30, just after he ran from the farm. Why to run away? He found out Miss Dean was dead, and he was scared of Mr. Dean, and scared the people in town do something to him. You know where he is now? Yes, sir. He's hiding in the shack in the swamp. Place we call old Markham Shack. Oh, please, Mr. Ranger. Don't let nothing happen to Eli. Don't let nothing happen to him. Don't worry, Nellie. We'll see Eli gets a fair deal all the way through. By the way, how'd he get hurt? Hurt? Well, he must have been bleeding when he came here. How'd it happen? You won't tell Mr. Dean I told you? Just tell us how it happened, Nellie. Well, sir, Mr. Dean come after Eli. Say he killed Miss Dean, he beat Eli. Make Eli's face bleed. All right, Nellie. Thanks. You know, Jay, she might have been telling the truth about how Eli got hurt. But it could be Mrs. Dean scratched him while they were struggling. I don't think so. There would have been skin under her fingernails, and there wasn't. But if Dean did beat up Eli, it means he saw him after the murder. Uh-huh. If he did, it's something he forgot to tell me. Mm-hmm. And maybe we ought to have another talk with him. We will, after we pick up Eli. Find out how to get to Moccasin Shack. The sheriff wasn't in his office, but his deputy told us how to reach the shack Nellie had described. We drove to the edge of town, unloaded our horses from the trailer, and rode toward the swamp. We reached it about nine that morning and started in. Shouldn't be far now, Chase. There's the three oaks and the willow the deputy told us about. Uh-huh. Shack ought to be about 100 yards in from here. Not exactly the kind of place I'd like to spend a vacation. Well, I never heard anybody advertising it as a resort, but... Oh, Charlie. Oh. Clay, listen. Sounds like we're not the only ones out after Eli this morning. Yeah, reckon Dean didn't take my advice after all. Let's get going. That could mean a lot of trouble. At least they don't seem to know where Eli is. Let's hope we do. I got a hunch Nellie was telling the truth. If Eli hasn't heard those dogs and taken off deeper into the swamp, we ought to find him. It won't take us long to know. 
Stacy, that's a shack. Oh, full charging. Oh, that's full. Down the toes, Clay. He's liable to make a break. Yeah. Looks empty, Jason. Yeah. I thought it was at first, too. Huh? This piece of rotten flooring. All right, Eli. Come up out of there. You arranged it. Thank God. Oh, thank God. Well, I'll be under the floorboard. Please, please, don't let them get me. Please. Nobody's going to get you, Eli. You're coming back to town with they us. They catch me, they won't listen to nothing I got to say. I hear them the whole night. They got dogs. Crawl up, Eli. Yes, sir. Please, don't let them hurt me, Mr. Ranger. They want to kill me. I know they want to kill me. Don't worry. If anybody's going to get you, you'll have to get us first. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Cold Blood. We got Eli out of the shack and onto my horse. As we started for town, we could hear the sound of dogs and men getting closer. When we reached solid ground and came into a clearing, we saw them ranged across the path we had to take. There were eight of them on horses with Dean at their head. A group of men was silent as we stopped at the edge of the clearing. 30 yards away from them. They look pretty mean, Jase. They're all armed. They're going to get me. I know they're going to get me. Take it easy, Eli. What do you say, Jase? We'll go through. Walk your horse slow and don't say anything unless they speak to us. Eli? Yes, sir. There's a fight and something happens to our horse. Stay close to me. Yes, sir. You reckon they'll be crazy enough to try anything? Won't be long till we find out. Pick up Charky. How since we all met out here and have a nice friendly talk. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it because I want to have a talk with you. Right now I'm a little busy. Yeah. Got yourself a prisoner, I see. We didn't do so good in our hunt. Whole night at it and we're empty handed. Too bad. If you and your friends would get out of the way, we'd like to get our man back to town. Expect you would. Wonder how it would be if we helped you. Be a shame if he got away after you took so much trouble getting him. We'll manage. All right, Ranger. Open up there for the Rangers, boys. Thanks. I meant what I said about that talk. We'll be out to see you this afternoon. Sure. Anytime. And Ranger. Yeah? Just make sure that boy there gets the kind of trial he deserves. I believe he will. Now. <laughs> It was past noon when we got Eli back to town and into a cell. He was still scared, but recovered enough to eat a good-sized meal. At one o'clock, we went up to question him. The sheriff led Clay and me along to the cell block. Well, one thing, Jase, you can be sure Eli's going to get all the attention we can give him. He's the only prisoner we got now. Yeah, probably better that way. Don't know what Dean and his gang might try. Oh, damn. Clay told me you had a little trouble on the way in, mm-hmm. but I don't expect him to try much now. 
bunch of blowhards. No, the same. I wouldn't like to have been Eli if they had caught him out in that swamp. Yeah, that's different. But here in the lockup, me and my deputy's on the job. Yeah, I'll be down the corridor. Holler when you want me. Thanks, Sheriff. Hello, Eli. You feel better now? Yes, sir. Much better. Not so scared now. Good. We just want to ask you a few questions. Yes, sir. Eli, did you kill Mrs. Dean? No, sir. Your coat was found in her hands. Mr. Ranger, I don't know how come my coat got in Miss Dean's hands, but I didn't kill her. Did you tell Mr. Dean you were sick yesterday afternoon? Sick? No, sir. I've never been sick a day in my life. Mr. Dean said that you told him you were. Wonder how come he said that? He knowed I wasn't sick. Sent me out in the field with the mule, told me to pull stumps. And you went out there? Yes, sir. I was out there all afternoon. Come in toward evening. Mr. Dean with you? No, sir. He stayed in to the house. Say, Miss Dean, she don't feel so good. She didn't sound like she was sick, though. How do you mean? I come up to the house after lunch to find out what I got to do the rest of the day. I hear Miss Dean talking pretty loud to Mr. Dean. Did you hear what she was saying? No, sir. I don't listen much no more. Miss Dean, she always speaks right sharp to Mr. Dean. Yeah. Uh-huh. Eli, when did you see Mr. Dean last? When he come to my shack after I come in from the field. Why did he come to see you? Because Miss Dean was dead. Mr. Dean say I'd done it. He wouldn't listen to nothing. I didn't kill Miss Dean. I swear I didn't. Did anybody else see you out in the field yesterday afternoon? Well, no, sir. Don't reckon nobody did. Eli, were you working all afternoon? Yes, sir. I was working the whole... No, sir, I forgot. I quit one once. What for? I stopped to kill me a rattler. You what? There was a big rattler curled up in the sun next to a stump. I didn't see him till the mule squealed. Then I picked up a rock and let fly. Killed him right off. Did you leave the snake line where you killed him? Yes, sir. I got no use for no rattler, dead or alive. Eli, this is important. I want you to tell me exactly where you killed that rattlesnake. Well, sir, it was someplace in Mr. Dean's north field. But so much happened since yesterday, I don't recollect just where. Reckon we'll have to stage our own private snake hunt. Uh-huh. Some folks say it's bad luck to kill a rattler, Mr. Ranger. Appears like mine's already started. Don't worry, Eli. Killing that rattler might bring you more good luck than anything you ever did. We found the dead rattler where Eli said he'd killed it, in Dean's North Field. We took the remains of the snake with us, figuring our lab could tell us approximately how long it had been dead. Then we decided to call our hand with Dean, but he wasn't home. We headed for town. It was 5.20 when we pulled up in front of the sheriff's office. He was standing outside. I could tell something was wrong even before he reached the car. Jase, hey, I was just going to call your headquarters and have them get you fellas on the radio. What's wrong? Somebody just broke in the jail. They took Eli away. Holy. Who was it, Sheriff? That's just it, Jase. I don't know. I'd swear it was Ralph Dean and his bunch, but I don't know. How'd it happen? Well, everything was quiet. There wasn't even nothing you could feel in town like you sometimes can. I went home for supper and left my deputy here. They broke in then? Yep. Got my deputy just he was coming down from taking Eli's supper. Slugged him and got the keys. He didn't even get a look at him. Oh, I never should have left. Yeah, you couldn't have known. The thing we've got to do now is uh, somebody awful excited about it. Why, Attorney Matthews. Yeah. I've been trying to call. Well, what is it, Ernie? We catch my brother's safe. That boy had in jail. Yeah, what about him? I got him. Who? Scum. Nothing but scum. Ralph Dean, the rest is crime. They're crazy, Sheriff Plum. Crazy. Where were they heading? I don't know. I was out cutting wood back in my place. Saw him riding past. Got the boy. They're crazy. Are they going away from town past your place? Yeah, yeah. Probably Graham Woods, Jason. Come on, Sheriff. Show us where it is. <laughs> The sheriff drove ahead and we followed. 
When we got as far as we could by road, we unloaded the horses, and the sheriff pointed out Graham Woods. Clay and I started out. Five minutes later, we were entering the woods. It was just getting dark as we picked up the trail. Tracks seem to lead right into the woods, Jake. Yeah. Hope we're not too late. At least we won't have any trouble getting the ones who did it. That's not enough. We've got to save that boy's life. Jake! Over there, to the left. Yeah. Get up. Come on. We ride in as close as we can and make the rest of it on foot. Wouldn't it be faster if we went all the way on horses? Yeah. If they hear us coming, they'll kill Eli and take off before we get there. They're probably too busy to hear anything. They won't take the chance. We'll have to be close enough. We'll, we'll oh, check. Flashlight. Go easy, Clay. Yeah. Please listen to me. I didn't kill me, Pete. You gotta listen to me. All right, Pete. Like the boys want you to have your last day, Eli. All right? Go ahead. Talk. It's Dean. Uh-huh. What are you waiting for, Eli? You wanted to talk? We're listening. I know it ain't no use, Mr. Dean. But I tell you again, I didn't kill Miss Dean. What was your coat doing in my wagon? I don't know, Mr. Dean. Honestly, I don't know. Your coat was in her hands and you ran away. Mr. Dean! Honestly, I didn't. Thanks enough for me. What about you, boys? Don't kill me. Don't kill me. You got the rope ready? Please. Please. All right, put him on the horse. No. Let's take him, Clay. Right with you. Hold it. All of you. Drop those guns. I said drop those guns. That's better. Now, all of you stay where you are. Untie Eli Clay. Get him down off that horse. Right. All right, Ranger. You stopped us. What for? He's going to die anyhow. He never had a chance to prove his innocence, Dean. He's a murderer, ain't he? He killed my wife. I'm not so sure of that. You found his coat in Nettle's hands. What more do you want? It could be Eli didn't leave that coat. What are you talking about, Ranger? Let me see your hands, Dean. What for? Let me see them. No, the backs. How'd you get those bruises on your knuckles? Well, they're from pulling stumps yesterday. You sure they didn't get bruised from beating up Eli? You're crazy. I never beat him up. Maybe you waited till Eli came in from work, accused him of killing your wife, beat him up and let him get away so you could get your gang of hoodlums after him. Uh, nice he... a lie. I never seen Eli. I was working in the fields all afternoon. Alone. Eli says he was the only one working in the fields yesterday. Oh, That's he does, eh? Well, whose word are you going to take? Mine Wait or... a minute, Dean. We might be able to prove Eli was in the field. How? Oh. He said he killed a rattlesnake. We found it where he said it would be. If our lab says it was killed yesterday afternoon, it's pretty good proof. You trying to railroad me? You know better than that. But you've got to prove where you were yesterday afternoon. What I got to prove anything for? Because if you don't, you've got a murder charge against you for killing your wife. You hear that, boys? You're going to stand here and let him take sides against us? No. The only side I'm taking is the law of Texas. Come on. You're going back to town. I ain't going nowhere. I said, come on. You ain't taking me. No. Get up, Dean. All right, the rest of you. Come on. Stop moving. Go. Get up. You're going to get something you tried to keep Eli from having. A fair trial. Go on. Eli? Yes, sir. You walk with me. In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. And now, 
hear are the results of the case you have just heard. Laboratory investigation of the rattlesnake upheld Eli Wilder's story. Faced with this and other evidence, Ralph Dean confessed to killing his wife after a violent quarrel over money. The seven men who assisted in the attempted lynching were tried before a jury of citizens of their own county and given prescribed jail terms. Dean, convicted of murder, was sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Bright Boy. It is 7.45 p.m. June 19, 1947. A man and a teenage boy are driving along the highway through Harding, Texas, about 30 miles from Corpus Christi. They've been following an expensive new sedan for the past 20 minutes. The driver watches the sedan ahead of him intently. Beside him, the teenage boy polishes his glasses. Sure that's the buggy you want? Yeah. You sure that's the right color, green? Man said he wanted a green one, and that's green. And I didn't stop to ask if he meant lime green or chartreuse. Green's green. Okay, okay. Does he have aerial? Can you see? Yeah, yeah. I don't like to drive without a radio. It gets lonesome. You hear about Sleepy? Ah, who? Sleepy Horner. He got spikes stealing second. Ah, who cares? Elkin did it. School starts pitching, see? Only he stops and throws the ball to Elkin high. And Sleepy comes sliding now in. cut it. And... Don't care none about Elkin or Sleepy or no pitcher. Ever since you was a kid, all I ever heard out of you was baseball. It wasn't baseball, it was fishing. About time you growed up. All right, Tom, all right. How fast do you think she'll go? Oh, a hundred, maybe. Only don't you try it. I drove one once. It was marked on the speedometer for 110, but she couldn't make more than 90. Don't you drive that car up ahead, no 90. You want some cop to stop you for speeding? Ain't no one stopped me yet. Well, you get picked up, Larry, and I don't know you. Now, you remember that. I ain't telling you how to drive this car. Well, I'm telling you, don't you take that car over 50. You're getting too smart for your own good lately. Think everything's a game, like those baseball players of yours. Okay, Tom, I won't speed. You know, I wish I had a gun, like you got. You get a gun, you'll be dumb enough to use it. What do you think you need one for? I don't know. Just wish I had one. 
He's turning. Yeah, he'll stop at the grocery store. Always does. Well, I still wished I had a gun. You getting scared? I can take care of myself. When you get down there, you call your cousin Melvin. See if he wants to drive one of the cars across. Mexican can't drive both of them. Yeah, sure. He's slowing down. You know what to do now. Sure. I got the jumper wires already. Connected. Just like you seen me do the other times. On the coil. Try to open that hood quiet-like. I know how to do it. Well, you better. I'm sort of worried you going alone for the first time. I'm telling you, I'll be all right. When will I see you, Tom? As soon as I swipe that other car. Probably day after tomorrow. I'll call you and say where you're to meet me. I'll drop you off just past the store. And wait till he gets inside. Okay, Larry. Okay, so long. requested the help of a Texas Ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned, and at 10.30 p.m. met the captain in the hospital where the victim was being given emergency treatment. Howdy, Levi. Howdy, Jace. Glad you made it so fast. Uh, he's uh, in there. How is he? Pretty bad. The boys tell me his arms and chest are all cut up, but he could be a lot worse. Expect he'll be scarred up somehow. Let's see him. Here. Yeah. Dykes, I'm Captain Mavis, Highway Patrol. This is Ranger Pearson. Hello. This will just take a minute, Mr. Dykes. Did you get a good look at this fellow who knifed you? No. Not much light. First saw him, he was looking under the hood, and it happened pretty fast. Well, how about his size? Was he a big man? Not rightly a man at all. This kid. Maybe 16 or 17. Hmm. Kid, huh? Can you describe him at all? Well, like I said, it was dark. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know him if I saw him. Except he had glasses and they got knocked off. I got him here, Jace. Picked him up on the street. Ordinary steel rim kind. Let's see. Huh. The lens is pretty thick. He must have bad eyes. One lens broken. Yeah. How'd he start the car, Mr. Dyke? Did you leave the motor running when you got out? Oh, I know better than that, Ranger. I turned it off and took the key. Oh, in my clothes, I guess. Mm, the kid must have used a coil jumper under the hood to short the ignition wires. Well, that's what we figured, Chase. Well, thanks, Mr. Dykes. We'll get a complete statement later. You better get some rest now. Come on, Levi. Take it easy, Mr. Dykes. Okay. He's lucky the knife didn't get into his face. Yeah. You said on the phone there's been a string of these car thefts. Yeah. It's the fifth. Five expensive cars stolen in the last six, seven weeks. Always done the same way, but nobody could hurt before this one. Somebody always does sooner or later. You recover any of them? Not one. I got a vague description of one of the thieves a couple of weeks back. Young punk wearing glasses. Might be the same kid. Doesn't sound like a kid taking a car for a joyride. They usually abandon it by morning. I know. Looks like somebody's building up a real sweet racket for himself. He's able to get rid of them so fast that you can't find them. The kid's probably not playing a lone hand. Yeah, that's the way I figured. 
After I talked to the sheriff tonight, I contacted Austin. It was headquarters idea we worked together. Let's get back to your office and call Austin. That pair of glasses looks like our lead. At Captain Mavis' office, I put in a call to the Bureau of Identification and Records in Austin. I asked them for all pictures of teenage boys wearing glasses who might be possible subjects for investigation in this case. The pictures came down on the morning plane. Captain Mavis and I started calling on optometrists in Corpus Christi as there were none in hiding. It was almost noon when we found an optometrist who recognized one of the pictures. From his records, he definitely identified the glasses as the pair he'd made. The prescription of the unbroken lens was identical. Subject's name was Larry Vale, age 17. He'd been picked up in September of the previous year for investigation of car theft and was released for lack of evidence. Larry Vale lived 18 miles outside Corpus Christi in a rural area. We headed out there with a search warrant. Doesn't look like much of a place, just a shack. Think maybe he's in there, hiding? It's possible. What do you want to do? Take a look around back. They got chickens back there. Maybe somebody around. Might have left these parts out the last minute. Ought to be someone here. Kids don't usually live alone. You'd imagine we'd find his folks around. Look, Jace. All that feed on the ground. Chickens haven't had time to eat it all. Couldn't have been fed more than a few minutes ago. Who's that out back? There is somebody in the house. Come on. You been in here all the time, mister? Oh, a ranger. No, I've just come in. I've been feeding the chickens. Didn't you hear us knocking on the front door? No, I didn't hear nothing. Come on in. I'm Tom Vale. I'm Ranger Pearson. This is Captain Mavis Highway Patrol. Howdy. Uh, you want to see me about something? Larry Vale live here? Why are you asking about Larry? I just want to talk to him. What about? Just tell the ranger where he is, mister. Well, he ain't here. Was he here last night? Well, no, he went fishing. Does every once in a while. Stays away a few days at a time. Oh, excuse me. I better turn down the fire on those beans. You any kin to Larry? Yeah, I'm Larry's brother. Why? He in trouble? Maybe. Where did he go fishing? Oh, all around. He was gone when I come home yesterday. Got any idea where we can find him? Maybe a Rockport or Fort Aransas. Likes to fish off the jetties. Might even be on a shrimp boat. Does it once in a while. Pick up a couple bucks. How about can of beer? No, thanks. Me either. Uh, about your brother. Doesn't he have a steady job? Larry? No. He used to work in a packing plant, ice and vegetables. Didn't like it, though. Better go fishing. Think spending money selling his catch. They'll like to know what you want him for. We think your brother stole a car last night. Knifed a man pretty bad. Where? Port Aransas? Harding. Oh, it must be some mistake. Larry wouldn't do nothing like that. Besides, I know he went fishing. We want to have a talk with him about it anyhow. Okay, but I know you got the wrong guy. Larry's a good kid. He wouldn't cut anybody. He was investigated for car theft last year, wasn't he? Well, yeah. They said he took a car. He was just a bunch of kids. You know how it is. But they couldn't hold him because he wasn't guilty. You can't hold that against him. Mind if we take a look through the house? No, why should I? Thanks. Where's your brother's room? That one right there. Okay to go in? Help yourself. I still say you're making big mistakes. I'd say he likes baseball from all those pictures on the walls. Yeah, he's nuts about it. That's all he talks about, that and fishing. <laughs> Want some coffee? Not for me. No, thanks. 
Well, if you don't mind, I got to get that pot off the stove before it boils over. Sure, go ahead. I'll be right back. What do you think, Chief? Well, we know Larry didn't go fishing. I'll look through these drawers. How about checking that closet, Levi? Okay. Awful lot of junk in here. Saves everything, just like my boy. Levi, where's Howard Memorial Ballpark? Not around here. Why, find something? Maybe, four baseball tickets. Let's go there often. With the spread and the numbers on them, I'd say they were bought over quite a period of time. Think it means something? Good. I'm going to jot down these ticket numbers. Kid's sure crazy about baseball. Uh, that brother's coming back. Yeah, I'm finished. Well, did you find any knives or any hatchets or anything? No, he didn't find anything like that. Well, look all you like. I think we've seen enough. Mm-hmm. Well, come back any time. You're always welcome. Thanks. We may take you up on that. We went back to highway patrol office and put out an APB on Larry Vale. We learned that Howard Memorial Ballpark was located in Meade, Texas, 150 miles away. I followed a hunch and called the manager of the ballpark to check on the dates of the ticket stubs found in Larry Vale's room. Come here, Levi. I want you to see this. Your hunch pay off? Uh-huh. I think we got something. A car stolen here May 9th. The kid sees a ball game in Meade May 10th. Car stolen May 23rd. Kids in Meade the 24th. Same routine June 6th and 7th, and again last week. And Meade's right on the border. You think those cars are being run over into Mexico? Wouldn't be surprised if the pattern holds up. Larry Vale's due to see that game tonight. And so am I. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers. Starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Bright Boy. I radioed Ranger Clay Morgan and asked him to meet me in Meade. I figured I could get there before the game started and we'd be able to spot Larry Vale entering or leaving the ballpark. I was 30 miles from Meade when it started to rain. By the time I pulled into town, it was coming down hard. Clay was waiting for me at the hotel coffee shop. Might as well sit down and have a cup of coffee, Jason. Why? What's up, Clay? Well, I hate to tell you, but the game's been called off. Mm, I was afraid of that. Can I have a cup of coffee, miss? Any other ideas where we can find him? Mm, there's better than 60,000 people in this town. Might run into quite a job picking him out. Yeah. Thank you. Got a mugshot of him? Yeah, a couple. Here's his picture wearing glasses, taken last year. Just a punk, isn't he? Uh-huh. Here he is again, without his specs. He sure must need them the way he squints. Probably having a rough time now that he's lost them. Unless he had another pair made. I don't think he's had time for that yet. Many optometrists in town, Clay? Oh, four or five. He could be having them made here. I think we'd better start making the rounds in the morning. <laughs> How about it, Jace? Reckon we might have been wrong? Still got a chance. There's another optometrist up ahead. If he's not getting his glasses in this town, we'll have a time finding him. Yeah. Nobody here, Jace. Probably in the back. Hit the call bell. Yeah. Just a minute. 
Morning, Rangers. Seems every time I go in back, somebody comes in. I'm sorry if we... Oh, that's all right. I'm used to it. I ought to move the lens grinders up front. What can I do for you, gentlemen? I'm Ranger Pearson. This is Ranger Morgan. Glad to know you. I'm Doc Heath. We're looking for a kid about 17. Figure he might have come here for glasses. Here's his picture. It's about a year old. Second, I put my glasses on. This young fellow you're looking for in trouble? He's wanted for questioning. Yeah. Yes, sir. He was in yesterday morning. You popped him? Oh, absolutely, Ranger. It's the same one. Matter of fact, it's his glasses I'm working on now. Ordered the same kind of frames like in this picture. You know where he's staying? Got his address right here on the order. 128 Junket Street. Name's Sam Jones. Okay, thanks. I'll be back at three to pick his glasses up, doing a rush job for him. Says his eyes were killing him. Been a lot of help, Doc. Much obliged. Glad to be your service, Rangers. Anytime. If we don't find him by three, we'll be back. Ranger Morgan and I went to the address given us by the optometrist. Larry Vale, alias Sam Jones, wasn't there. It was an empty field. Thought for a minute that shack was it. No, he just pulled that address out of his hat. Happened to be this field. Yeah, well, we'll have to pick him up, the optometrist. Go on, get in, Jason. Maybe we shouldn't pick him up, Clay. What do you mean? I got an idea. Suppose you tail him and let him know he's being followed. What's your plan? We're going to try and get friendly with him. Look at it this way. Larry Vale's just a kid, 17 years old. He steals cars. Four of them we're pretty sure of. He brings them to the Mexican border each time. He can't be in this alone. We've got to find out who's with him. You think you can get into the kid's confidence? I'm going to try. You better watch him, Jace. He knows how to handle a knife. Yeah. A man in the hospital told me. We drove to the local highway patrol office. They arranged for me to borrow a cheap suit that looked like somebody'd slept in for a week. I put it on and we drove back to the optometrist's office. We got there a few minutes after two. Clay parked the car out of sight while I went in to see the optometrist. Hello, Doc. Hi. Oh, didn't recognize you in them clothes. Boy been here yet for his glasses? Uh, no, no, he hasn't. Expecting pretty soon now. Well, we'll be outside watching. Don't let him know we've been here. Well, I'll try. I'm sure I'll try, Ranger. Well, what's the matter, Doc? Oh, I'm just a little edgy, I guess. And just keep calm. We'll do the rest. After Clay parked the car, he walked down to the bus stop at the corner and stood against the wall reading the newspaper. I picked a little hash house directly across the street from the optometrist and sat by the window. We waited. By three o'clock, I was on my third cup of coffee. Larry Vale showed up ten minutes later and went into the optometrist's shop. Fifteen minutes after that, he came out, wearing his new glasses. He walked east. Clay followed close behind him while I kept pace with him across the street. The next corner, I crossed over and fell in step beside Larry Vale. You want to spend the best five bucks you ever spent in your life, bud? Huh? What do you mean? Shake that ranger that's tailing you. What? It's been on your tail the last half hour like a flea on a hound dog. Where? Back a ways. Don't look around. Oh, you're crazy. Why'd a ranger tail me? He's got no reason. Why don't you tell him to stop following you? Well, you're not kidding me, are you? Stop by this window. You'll see his reflection. I don't see him. There he is. Back by the building. If anybody knows a tail I do, I had to learn it the hard way. Did you see him? Yeah. I don't know he's following me. Maybe he's after you. Yeah, they don't follow me long. I watch my back trail too close. He's been following you, and I've been following him. I'll tell you what. I'll show you how to shake him and include that in the price of the five bucks. Come on, let's walk. 
Not so fast. Take it easy. You ain't a cop, are you? Yeah, that's a good one. I should walk along helping you duck a guy with a badge if I was a cop. Use your head, kid. Yeah, that's right. Just doing you a favor, because I can use a five bucks. Here, around this corner. He's still coming. I don't like this. Of course not. I wouldn't either if I was you. I'm getting out of here. Don't be a chump. You'll be caught before you get a block. This way, in this ten-cent store. Why'd you want to come in here? Just take it easy. Mosey along towards the back. There he is. Came in behind us. There's always an alley behind these ten-cent stores where the trucks unload. There should be a back door here somewhere. Come on. Yeah. Hey, you wait up! All right, let's move. There's a cab stand in the corner. Okay. Cab sitting there. Hey, is he coming? Don't bother looking. Just keep going. Go on. Get in. All right. We're in a hurry, driver. Go straight ahead and step on it. Just keep going till I tell you to turn. You see, boy? There's nothing to it. An hour later, I was still with Larry Vale. We left the cab after a short ride and walked the last three blocks to the small hotel where he had a room. He insisted on buying some peanuts on the way. I told him my name was Steve Jarvis and let him do most of the talking. Good peanuts, Steve. Want some more? No, it'll spoil my appetite. No. Boy, I want to tell you I'm the luckiest guy in the world, meeting up with you, and I did. How many times could something like this happen? Hmm. It was good goobers. Wished I'd bought some more. You know, often you run into somebody your age already knows the score. Yeah, I guess that's right. You hop too, Steve? You don't think I'm bumming around because I like it, do you? Right now, I need a steak to get me on my feet. Oh, I owe you some money. Sure was worth a fin, what you did. No, I don't want your dough, kid. I need some real dough. Gotta find a good deal. Hey, Steve. I got an idea. Why don't you work with us? Yeah? Who's us? Me and the, the boss. We need another guy who's gonna ask my cousin. As long as we need somebody, might as well be you. No reason why I wouldn't go for that, is there? Maybe. Depends. What's the deal? Hot cars. Cars, huh? Yeah. We lift them mostly around Corpus. Drive them over here. He's uh, bringing in another one today. What do you do with them? Drive them across the border? No, we don't. He's got a Mexican comes up from. But now we're bringing two cars each time. We need another driver to take them across. Well, what do you say, Steve? Well, maybe he won't like the idea of taking in a stranger. That's what you did for me. He'll go for it. Uh-huh. Can I meet you, boss? Oh, any time now. Supposed to meet him at a cafe. Come on, let's head down there. Okay, kid. Hey, wait. How about that ranger? Yeah, don't worry about him. He's easy to shake. We took a taxi to a small cafe in a tough district just off the main drag. I spotted Clay behind us. He was doing some real trailing now. Larry and I went in and sat in the rear booth. That's where we were to meet the boss. You'll be here any time now. Good food, huh? Not bad. What kind of price you get for the cars over the border? Better in here? Oh, sure. Always grand over the regular price. Mm-hmm. Sometimes more. Sounds all right. You got a regular contact there? Yeah, Mexican. You got a garage in Rio del Sur. Hey, waitress, how about some coffee, huh? This um, Mexican, he takes them down to Mexico City. Ever run into trouble on this end? Oh, I did this time. A guy almost caught me. Mm-hmm. Taught him a lesson, though. <laughs> 
I cut him up real good. <laughs> you should have seen the look on his face. Yeah. I'll bet he almost died laughing. Hey, that's good. <laughs> hey, where's that coffee? You sure this boss is coming? Oh, don't worry. He'll be here. Tell you what, Steve. How about us going to the ball game next Saturday? You and me, huh? Sure. We'll get good seats right behind home plate. And then... Here he comes now. Where? In the front door. Boy, when I tell him what you did for me, he'll sure be glad to meet you. I bet he will. Hi, Larry. Everything all right? Hi, Tom. Want you to meet Steve Jarvis. Howdy, Jump. Beat it, Larry. What? your hands, Vale. <laughs> you okay, Jason? Yeah. I didn't mean to do it, honest. You got his knife? Yeah. Exhibit A. You stupid punk. I didn't know he was a ranger, Tom. How was I to know? A lot of things you don't know, son. Maybe someday you will. just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Larry Vale was found guilty on four counts of auto theft and one count of armed assault. He was sent to the state school for boys at Gatesville until he became of age. His brother, Tom Vale, pleaded guilty to contributing to the delinquency of a minor and to five counts of auto theft. He received a 20-year term at Huntsville. Mexican authorities cooperated with the Texas Rangers in apprehending the others involved in these crimes. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Thanks for joining us today for the Tales of the Texas Rangers at 1001 Stories from the Old West. We always appreciate reviews, so if you enjoy this show, please do take a moment and send us a kind review. Reviews help new listeners decide to give us a try. Thanks for being with us.